With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep. There we are. I think I've got everybody. Good afternoon, James. There we are. I've got everybody. Uh, we we have got a great, great broadcast uh, today here on our big broadcast. And uh, Don Mazzella from SB Digest, Dan Perkins, uh, best-selling author, IQ Rizzoli, who uh, uh, earlier today we, we, we taped a, a special edition of our Build, Grow, and Enjoy series. And uh, that was that was quite the conversation about Islam, IQ. I, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that with uh, Dr. Jerry Newcomb. And uh, we have got uh, with us today... Uh, great guest, and uh, Ken, go ahead and uh, give us a brief introduction on yourself, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll bat it around here, my friend. I'm a demographer, and uh, so my daughter was in the backseat of our car when she was 15 years old. The friend leans over to her and says, uh, what does your dad do? And my daughter says, he's a demographer, and there's a pause. There's always a pause. And then a friend said, is that like an accountant or an economist? And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm invisible. I'm just driving the car. And... Uh, my daughter, Libby, says, no, accountants and economists count money and stuff. My dad counts people, and people are more important than money and stuff. That's what I do. I count people. And I, and I apply formulas, and I forecast uh, markets. There I am. There you are. We lost Don for a few seconds, but we've got him back. Uh, now, uh, now, uh-huh. now, 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 Ken, I understand that you were on uh, Don and Dan's uh, radio broadcast fairly recently. Uh Give us give us a little give bit nice. give, give give us a little bit of details <laughs> here on uh, on on what you see as far as trends and, and various things out there in the world. Jim, can I just interrupt for one yes, second? Yes, yes, go. I want to tell you how, how I want to tell you. I'm, uh, this is an enormous amount of pressure on our guest, but I want to tell you how good a guest he is. When I I was on the road, and I downloaded his audio book and listened to it twice. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> it was so it was so entertaining and so informative, and, and uh, I, which, I which found book did you, which book was it? The latest one, Up. Yeah, yeah, Upside. Upside. Yeah, cool. yeah. no, it, it's 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 a wonderful book. I I I think anybody who has to deal with people in business uh, needs to read this book. Uh, and, and, um, we had a great time. He, um, has strong opinions, but he's, he's helped me, uh, immeasurably already just in, in changing my thought process. And I'm, I apologize for interrupting you, sir. No, not, 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 not. With well, a great plug like that, uh, he'll he'll get interrupted all the time. <laughs> I, I think he's got me. I think he's got me mixed up with somebody. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no, no. Well, I read your book no. before you came on the air, and I can't agree, agree more with Dan. Dan, we seldom agree on anything, but that I will agree with. I was at a dinner party on Saturday night talking about your book. Really? Yeah. Keep. Oh, I keep doing it. I'm trying. I, mean, I'm trying. I, have, I have a daughter. I have a daughter in a very expensive college. <laughs> I had four sons in very expensive colleges. Oh man, so you know, you know. <laughs> now, 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 Ken. Uh, for for the folks that haven't read your book and uh, and and are wanting to get more information, how, how how do they do that? And 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 tell us a little bit about the book, and then we'll let uh, IQ and everybody jump in and ask you some questions. Okay, you mean how do they get the book? Yeah, how, 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 do, how do they get their hands on the book? What's the title, etc.? Yeah, it's, it's called Upside, uh, Profiting from the Profound Demographic Shifts Ahead. And it's available on, on Amazon, or you can go directly to KGC Direct and buy it from me, and I'll sign it and inscribe it. Uh, but it's a, this particular book was a product of, of a great deal of research. And uh, what we did is we broke down every single state. And said, who's coming, who's going, how many babies are being born. And, and uh, so it's very, very, 
if you're if you're in retail or you sell anything or you're in politics or you want to understand changes in our culture or you want to know where our, the, the the United States and the rest of the world are going, this is what you have to understand because it, it, it it's so simple. It's just math and it's people. And people, uh, demographics precipitates economics. It is not the other way around. People get so confused. They get wrapped up in economics. Economists are right about 20% of the time. Demographers are right 80% of the time. And it's because their conclusions are so simple. So I hope that helps. Yeah, I, 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 I yes, but you, you can do a lot more. Let me, let, let me suggest to you, Jim, let him tell you the scenario about the Japanese motorcycle companies okay. and why they went out of business in the U.S. Okay, well, let, let, yeah. let's talk a little bit about that. I'll, I'll let it. My wife and I had an advertising agency in Connecticut where we had 140 American Honda motorcycle dealers. Uh, they were an incredible client. We printed money with them. Uh, they were from the tip of Maine to Pittsburgh to Washington, D.C., the whole Northeast region. And the bikes would come in from Japan. We put them in the dealerships. We'd advertise with millions of dollars, and they would sell out to the piece at asking price until 1986. The bikes came in from Japan. We put them in the dealerships and uh, ran the ads, and we sold a few. And I got a call from American Honda. They asked me if I ran the ads, literally. And I said, yeah. And I said, what's going on? He says, like somebody turned the faucet off. He said, "Uh, all the Japanese brands are suffering the same way. Kawasaki, Suzuki, and Yamaha and American Honda are all suffering. And he said, this archaic oil-leaking stone-slow machine called the Harley-Davidson selling like crazy. What the heck is going on here? This is a nutso market. So between 1986 and 1992, we beat our brains out. We tried everything. We came out with new products. We reduced the, the price on, our, on our, our signature bike by a third, advertised it everywhere, sold a few. And by 1992, business for the Japanese brands fell 80%. And the dealers closed. If they weren't selling cars or lawnmowers or upward motors, they weren't in business. They were done. And we didn't have a clue. And it wasn't until 1996 that I discovered what the issue was because American Honda didn't know. And none of their fancy advertising agencies in New York City on Madison Avenue could figure it out either. What happened was the boomers exited their market. We knew we sold bikes to men, 16 to 24 years old. That was it, just 16 to 24. When they were 25 years old, they sold the death wish, bought a ring, and got married. The, uh, once the boomers, who were born 1945 to 1964, exited that very narrow demo, it was over because the generation right behind them, born 1965, the 1984 was diminutive. It was it, it was missing about 10 million people, nine or 10 million people. It's called Generation X. And the the missing 11, 12 percent of the people that uh, that the difference in critical mass of Generation X and the baby boomers uh, wipes out markets. And and where the first market it wiped out for us was American Honda. And then we we said, man, we're on we're on to something here. And we, we started looking at, we looked at hospitals. This generation born 1965 to 84 closed maternity wards. They closed 30% of the public schools. They almost wiped out the toy industry. They wiped out um, bicycle sales. They wiped out motorcycle sales. Detroit could not figure out why they couldn't sell the same number of SUVs to this new group that they had sold to the boomers, And but nobody ever bothered to count them. In 2008, when the baby boomers said, okay, it's time to, you know, cash in our start our, our uh, starter castle, our McMansion, and, and gather up some uh, money so we can retire. Let's put our house up for sale. For every 10 houses for sale, there were eight buyers, and it was a tipping point, and over she went. We have a hole in our population that right now is 33 to 52 years old, and it's called Generation X. And you can take off in multiple directions from there. I mean, I, could, I, I literally could talk for five hours straight, and I have. Yeah, but I, I think uh, uh, with that <laughs> you don't want to do that. No, but 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 I do want to. Uh, it's important that you, he went through that exercise because where I want would like to take him next, Jim. Okay. And this is where we talked about, and this is what caused me to buy his book and to think about what's going on. 
And that okay. is what's happening in Europe, what's happening in Asia, with the decline of the resident population and diminishing birth rates to the point that they're not generating enough people to replace those that are dying. But there is a particular group of people that is doing that and doing it in spades. It happens to be the Muslims. Yes, and I wondered if we were we were going to work IQ out result into oh, yeah. the conversation. We're going to get IQ in this really big because <laughs> in, in talking with this gentleman and reading his book and thinking about what he's talking about, the birth dynamics, he makes the bold statement that manufacturing will come back to the United States from Europe and from China because there aren't enough people to work in the factories. And we have the biggest workforce in the world. But what well, is well, what's relative to our population? We have the largest we have the largest workforce, and the the generation now that was born 1985 to 2004 is 13 to 32. It's 86 million kids. They're right. going to change everything. Right. So and, what's and the, we're the only world power and the only industrialized nation that has a generation Y. Right. Right. And so. Um, I mean, he talked about the fact that the Chinese had the one-child policy, and there's 35 single, 35 million single Chinese men, and and not nearly enough women, and they're in they're in serious financial problem. But what was amazing and, and was, I'm sorry. Yeah, and and the 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 men who have no chance of marrying because there are no female counterparts are really cranky. Right. So what and I they have nuclear weapons. Right. No joke. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> we take this very seriously. So uh, yeah, the, I can po tell. The point, that, the point I want him to make is the migration of the Syrians and Middle Easterns and Africans to Europe and other parts of the world, uh, why that's taking place, and what might the, income, the outcome be relative to security and terrorism in those countries. Yeah, well, I, I can tell you that straight up. You're going to have more situations like you had yesterday. And they're going to come in greater force. And, and simply because Muammar Gaddafi said that the Muslims would overtake Europe without firing a shot. Simple. The, the, the Europeans, if you start in Portugal, Spain, France, Italy, go all the way to Germany, with the possible exception of Poland, but you go all the way across the EU, there's no marriages, no babies. No marriages, no babies. They are way below replacement level facility, uh, fertility. Where do they get their labor? There's only one place their labor comes from. It's off of North Africa. And culturally, it is so divergent, they will never assimilate. Never. So what's going to happen? You're gonna, once the republics in, in the EU get to 15, you know, 10 or 15%, 20% uh, Muslim, they're going to dictate public policy. And Western women aren't going to cover up. They're going to leave. And that's what's happening. You're going to see uh, high net worth Western folks pour out of the EU. And where are they going to go? They're coming here. And it's good for us. Our economy is going to spike and not look back for 20 years for a variety of reasons. But you don't want to be in the EU. You don't want to be in Eastern Europe. And you don't want to be in Asia. Well, and for that I, matter, you don't want to be in Africa either. <laughs> I, I, I Q R Rizzoli, listening to all this, and uh, and and Dan kind of kind of set you up here with a uh, <laughs> with, with, with 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 a good topic. Give us your thoughts on this, and do you have any uh, comments for for Ken? But he is right. They will never assimilate. I've been telling you this for well, twelve years now. Yes. Muslims will never assimilate. They will never contribute. They are parasitic. I don't miss my words. I don't have to miss my words because I tell it the way it is. There is no chance in hell that those people who came to Europe, over one and a half million at the invitation of Merkel, will ever contribute anything to Western civilization. Zero. Back to you. Ken. So Ken, <laughs> Ken, following what Ike just said, the, the volume of, of immigrants coming into Europe uh, Merkel was very, very uh, open. She may have been stupid, but she was open. Uh, and I know in my trips to, to Europe and to Germany, uh, and I was there a couple of years ago, uh, the factories in Bavaria where the heavy manufacturing is going on, uh, 
they uh, there are not enough Germans around to take over lots and lots of jobs. So they they've been importing people from Africa and the Middle East and wherever to get people to come in. Uh, she did her mass immigration because she know that she has one hell of a problem and all even with the immigration it didn't solve her problem that's exactly correct when you don't have kids i i don't know why this is not understood there's a domino theory in 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 the demographics and is if you don't have children it's only a matter of time of 30 40 years before you don't have a labor force you don't have taxpayers and you don't have consumers so what did you just do yeah, you, you enjoyed a brief, just like China did, China enjoyed a demographic dividend in that with their one-child-only policy, the, the men and the women in the labor force were a, a, a huge number. They didn't have to feed these kids. They didn't have to educate these kids. They didn't have to do anything for these kids because they didn't exist. But the net result was, you know, here we are 37 years later, they're missing one-half billion people and when it's the turn of those people to be the heavy lifters in the country and pay the most tax uh and consume the most and be the labor they're not there and that's that's why china's cooked that's why xi jinping is here trying to make friends with our our president because he knows he inherited a country from uh, hu jintao that that is uh, uh, essentially been destroyed by a one-child only policy so Sorry. IQ, IQ, if I could ask you a question following up. Of course. Uh, um, the, uh, I'm finding it hard. Maybe, maybe Ken has better numbers. I'm finding hard, other than finding anecdotal information and personal experience information, that Muslim families tend to be much larger than perhaps most of the rest of the world. Is that true? Of course. Yeah, they are. Yeah, SUVs, yeah. well, SUVs. SUV, SUV, very simple. Sorry, Don, is that, who, who just said that, Don or Dan? Dan. Dan. Okay, Dan, here's what you do. Do you have Siri on your phone? Do I have Siri? Yes. Okay, here's what you do. What you do is you say, say, Siri, what is the fertility of Saudi Arabia? And she'll tell you. What is the fertility of Germany? She'll tell you. What is the, the fertility of Iran? She'll tell you. And you just you just and you you look at those numbers, and uh, for the most part, uh, the uh, Muslim nations are well above replacement level fertility. We in the United States are at replacement level fertility, and Asian countries are below replacement level fertility. And the worst in the bunch is South Korea. South Korea is just not having kids. So when we look at when we look at the the I hate to use the word prospects, but uh, uh, if, we, if we look out a little bit in time, um, how serious is the Muslim control of the world likely to be? Not the world. It's not going to be of the United States they're, because they're they're tiny here, and and they have they have uh, they have their own issues. Um, when, when Muslims come to the United States, uh, their their families have issues. Because their kids westernize, and the parents don't like it. But uh, so are they're the walking. Are you the saying world? they're walking away from their faith? Yeah. And well, the it's, it's, listen, folks. And I listen. I speak about fifty, sixty times a year, and I speak to all sectors. I, I really, I am blessed because I get to hear what's happening in trucking. I get to hear what's happening in, in healthcare. I get to hear what's happening in insurance. I get to hear all this, and and the the. Uh, this is the best nation on earth. And when people come here, they love it. It's very hard to hate the United States. It really is. You can hate it from a distance, but you can't hate it and live here. Because <laughs> this is the best place. Wait a minute. No, we can talk, wait a minute. What about the Democrats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know. Yeah. But, uh, but for the most part, the the demography of the United States, and I, and I just got through uh, – uh, I, I was speaking in Texas two weeks ago. I spoke three times back to back, two in the trucking industry and, and one in, uh, um, I don't even remember what it was. I think it, it might have been uh, furniture. I said, what you're going to see is a spike in our economy. 
and it's not going to look back. We're 25 million houses short of our needs. We're, watch, watch what happens to housing. Housing is going to spike here. It's going to drive consumer products. It's going to, it's going to drive everything. And the economy and the stock market are going to do very, very well. And the rest of the world is going to look at us and say, why don't we live there? <laughs> yeah. IQ, can I ask you a question? Of course. Following what Ken is saying, when we had that huge migration under Merkel of the, the members of the Islamic faith moving to Germany, I wonder, uh, out of intellectual curiosity, is it hard when you leave your home country and you go into a place like Germany or France or Spain or England, is it really hard to keep the family together under the Muslim faith? As, no. as Ken was talking about with the children wanting to be westernized? No, it's not hard because they terrorize you. That's why you have honor killings. <laughs> that, that's, but that's, that's not a joke. That is exactly how, look, Islam is terror. Islam survived for 1400 years through terror. Who is the greatest authority on Islam today? A man called Yusuf al-Qardawi, the spiritual leader of the Muslim Brotherhood. He, he is an Egyptian, but he, I think he had to run away. He lived in Qatar or something. He was interviewed by, on a television from Saudi Arabia, in the Arabic language. By the way, you can YouTube it. It's on YouTube. And the interviewer asked him in Arabic, why do we have to kill people who leave Islam? And Al-Qardawi made the worst mistake of his life. He told the truth. He said, had it not been mandated that any Muslim who leaves Islam is slaughtered, there would have been no Islam. I'm not the authority. He is the authority. And he said it. Yeah. It's terror. He's correct. He's correct. So what, what you have, especially with uh, uh, <clears throat> Muslim dads and, and daughters, uh, you know, Muslim daughters in the U.S., is uh, uh, they are, they're terrorized. So, what you so the, only way they can, the only way they can control their, uh, that's a harsh statement, um, the, one of the ways in which they have influence over their children's lives is by setting up these no-go zones when they go into a foreign nation so they stay within their own culture and, and, and heritage. Of course. Correct, but, but that's almost every, impossible every in the States. Look, contrary to what de Blasio and all those leftist idiots in America and Europe say, every single mosque is a breeding ground of future generations of mass slaughter jihadists. Every single mosque. Whether it's Europe, America, China, Israel, it makes absolutely no difference. Why? Simple. They're reading the same book called the Quran. And it is the most virulent virus that has ever infected the human mind. The virus called the Quran. Ebola compared to Muhammad's Quran is nothing. It's like a sneeze. It has infected 1,500 million minds and 500 million idiots who follow it from the West. What can I tell you? It's a fact. Try to he's, prove me he's wrong. He's correct. <laughs> Usually he is. Well, you guys get into some heavy stuff here. <laughs> what, what, is, what, is your, what is your audience like? Are they, are they, they like us. They, look, they do? Good. Now, you're public oh. radio, right? No, no, nope. that's commercial radio. Ah, so, um, so what are what are the implications over the next, based on what you and IQ just agreed to in terms of what's happening to the Muslim population when they immigrate to a, another country? Um, and I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with you, Ken, about the United States because of what's going on in Minneapolis and Columbus and Seattle and and Michigan and the, where they're, they're building very strong pockets uh, of almost equivalent of no-go zones in the United States. But w what are the implications to the world and security over the next five to 10 years if this continues? I don't know. Uh, that, I'm not an expert on, on the, the Muslim culture. I can only tell you from a, uh, a quantitative standpoint that there are around 1% of the people in the United States, and at 1%, they are not, uh, in, in, in terms of uh, altering our culture, it's not a threat. 
Now, they can okay. be very different than us. They can have no-go zones and all that sort of stuff, but uh, it's, it's different here. So what's we, the implication I, then for, for you? You think the the EU is going to collapse? It's not going to be oh yeah, there. Oh yeah, no, I, I I don't think it's I don't know I, I don't use the word collapse. I'm just what I'm saying is there there will be a point, a uh, a tipping point at which, um, I, g- give me an example. I've got a friend that lives in France, and he and his daughter love to go for a walk in the park near his house. And they live they live in an apartment and they in, in um, Paris. And he's, he called me up and he said, Ken, I can't walk in the park anymore. I can't walk in my own park because my daughter and I get accosted for her not being covered up. He said, what do I do? And I said, you move to Florida. You move here. Yeah. I said, get out of there. Yeah, get out of France. Because it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. So that's, that's my... May I, disagree my with, may, I, may I disagree with you? Sure. Although it's 1% or 2% of the American population, look what's happening to your universities. Look what's happening to your academia. Look what's happening with your politicians. They're allowing Sharia to take roots all over the United States. They are defending Muslims under the guise of Islamophobia. Islamophobia, by the way, is an oxymoron. Why? Since the Muslim want us dead, to be afraid of Islam is not a phobia. It's a reality. Phobia is irrational mm-hmm. fear. But nobody in the media has two brazels of logic to come to this simple conclusion. And it is simple. There is no such thing as Islamophobia. There is Judeophobia by Muslims, Christian phobia by Muslims, Hindu phobia by Muslims, Buddhist phobia by Muslims, and infidel phobia by Muslims. That's 80% of humanity. And yet the media never tell you these things. No, there is, a, there is a danger. They are in academia. They are in the media. Take a woman called Linda Sassur. She is going to give the commencement speech in CUNY. She's a Sharia woman. She supports jihad. She believes in jihad. And she's going to talk about equality. Now tell me, what kind of insanity is this? True, there are 2% or 1%. But they're growing. More of them are coming. More of them are allowed, and more of them are in the media. Correct you, me. You know what my position is on that? Here, I'll give you my position. Uh, I'm 70 years old. Um, I, for, for one, I, I think it's, if, if it does grow, it's going to grow very, very slowly. That, that's, that has been the history of Islamic growth in the United States. It's been very, very slow. Now, maybe, you know, maybe it's taking up steam. I don't know. But it, in, in comparison to what's going to happen in the EU, I believe that the Western culture will flourish in the Americas, and it, and it will flourish at least for the next 20 or 30 years. And after that, I'm dead, and I don't care. By the way, well, something is wrong with your calculation with all due respect. If Europe will go down to Islam, Europe has atomic weapons. When they are 20%, they will do the rules. They will make Sharia yeah. as part and parcel Listen. of the Western civilization. There will be no Western civilization. And America without Europe will not exist. I'm not, I'm not kidding with you. This is a matter not only of demography. This is a matter of reality. If, the, if yeah. Europe falls to Islam, America will be next. It doesn't matter how many weapons you have. They don't Listen, give a what damn. What you're saying much. is apocalypse now becomes apocalypse later yes i don't think it's going to happen okay um and 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 my uh my tools that i use as a sextant are demographic and i believe that the um the prosperity of the united states and the prosperity of the two continents of the americas is going to see a spike and it's not going to look back for a very long time I think we're in good shape here. I would not want to be living in Europe or Asia or Africa. What you talking about? Yeah. yeah, I think we can. I think we're surrounded by water. You know, <laughs> very difficult uh, to invade. Can, can, uh, can I jump in and uh, kind of turn the uh, 
conversation a little bit. And, yeah, get, uh, it, get it away from this, this Muslim apocalypse. <laughs> but, um, uh, I, I, too, read your book, and I, I find it fa- fascinating. Uh, and I, um, I, I just traveled through the South this past four days, um, uh, and having gone to Georgia Tech and knowing a little bit about the South, uh, would you want to comment on some of the uh, regional differences? And in particular, uh, if you look at the last election, if you take out the Northeast states in California, uh, Trump won an overwhelming victory. But regardless of that, could you discuss some of the regional differences in this country and, and what they might mean for the next 20 years? Well, what's happening is if you start in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, go down through Georgia to Florida and then over uh, the, the Gulf Coast to Texas, Arizona, Arizona then up uh, through uh, California, you're going to see the lion's share in the increase of our population because the, the boomers are the largest generation ever to retire is going to move out of the cold weather, at least at least for a part of the season anyway. The Unless we can increase the fertility of the Midwest and increase the fertility of the Northeast, Florida is actually out producing, uh, producing more babies, believe it or not, than than the New England states. I mean, when when you can, when you can't outproduce Florida, you're not doing well. They're just simply not having kids. But I believe that's going to change, and I think I think you're going to see a lot of shifting around of our population. But for the most part, the population in the Northeast and the population in the Midwest is going to remain pretty much static, and you're going to see dramatic growth in the southern states and the western uh, states. Can, well, can that's makes what a demographer the, does. Can I ask you? Can makes the Ken makes the prediction that that the the shift from from the northeast and the midwest is driven primarily by two issues weather and taxes yeah is that right ken yep yeah which that's exactly you know if um, we have two homes i have i have a home in florida and a home in connecticut and connecticut has forced me to leave <laughs> actually yes uh... Continue, Ken, because I have a follow-up yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, Connecticut. Connecticut is going to uh, tax me to death, and if and if I can spend fifty-one percent of my time in Florida, I can avoid the the uh, state tax or the you know the, the state income tax. Well, you're joining uh, Dan. Dan just moved out of New Jersey, which was the question I was going to ask you. Uh, we we have a gubernatorial race coming up. Um, and there are eight candidates in the, uh, the primary, and not one of them is talking about cutting taxes. Every one of them is talking about uh, increasing taxes um, uh, uh, for the coming years and uh, 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 talking about, uh, quote, progressive programs. Uh, and you just said it. Uh, it will force people like myself to leave the state, even though I've lived here my entire life. Um, mm-hmm. Is that happening in Connecticut and in other states as well? Um, yep. Can Can you give us other insights that uh, <clears throat> across the country? Uh, I think that's what our audience would love to hear. I know I you can't turn your a page in your book without thinking, uh, so, uh, aha, aha, aha. <laughs> yeah. Well, how would you like to be me? Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, it 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 does it. Um, Understand the understanding of, of demographics and how it affects markets is um, uh, it, it's a revelation. Let, let's talk a second about health care, uh, elder care, and death care. Uh, health care. I'm speaking to uh, a uh, – I just spoke to a giant uh, organization, uh, hospital organization. They, they employ 25,000 people, which is pretty much – that's a lot. I speak to another group that employs about uh, 50,000 people, and they say, what can you tell us about what's going to happen going forward? And I said, here's what's going to happen to healthcare. Well, first of all, we're not going to get – the technology uh, that, that is just uh, coming up is exploding everywhere. It's not going to give us any more new phones. We have enough phones. We have enough technology in our phones. We're not using the phones <laughs> – the technology that we have, the technology is going to channel its way into healthcare. 
because that's where the demand is going to be. Baby boomers are currently 53 to 72 years old. At 75 years old, your body breaks. <laughs> you start using healthcare at an accelerated rate. I said to this hospital organization, I said, what you have coming your way is a tsunami and nobody is sounding the alarm to you. I said, you, you have the ability to handle the people that are de- making demands of you, the elderly people that are currently between 70 and 90 that are making demands of you for health care, which is those are the people that use the most, most health care. But that particular generation is, is, the, is the smallest generation of the last 100 years. You're about to get hit by the largest. So get ready. Elder care, where, where are we going to put the, the boomers as they decide that they, can't, they can no longer live in their homes and their kids don't want them living with them? So they have to go somewhere. We don't know what that is yet. The big one is death care. We don't have enough places to bury them. We don't have enough crematoriums and we don't have enough funeral homes. So someplace, some way, somewhere, somehow, somebody's going to come up with a big box solution to this. And I don't know what it is. I'm trying to convince hospitals to do it because I think it'd be unnatural for them to, to take control of uh, death care. What do you think of that? Well, I, I, as, as I spoke to Don, I, I own a particular stock that you mentioned when you were on our show. And um, and I was speaking to this couple when we were at, at their house for dinner on Saturday night. And yeah. um, they, they agreed to your scenario of medicine, assisted living and death uh, as, as, a, as a major issue that we're going to have to deal with. I, I'm, I'm curious as to... Um, if, have you done any with with all of the 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 massive wave coming from the from the boomers going in and, and tackling uh, the issues of 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 healthcare and pharmacy and death care? There was an article today on Drudge it says that the big cities in America are running out of room or running out of places to put people. Uh, wh- where are the people? We know that you think that they're going to go south and west but if the big cities which are in the north and the east uh and and some in the midwest they're running out of places to go what's going to happen to those cities as that pop that huge population that you're talking about starts to make a major shift to the south and the west we're going to build that's why you're going to see it i i warned the trucking industry you know the the uh, I spoke to that's who I spoke to Azuzu trucks, and Azuzu trucks are the trucks that make what they call the last mile delivery. They, they're the they're the small trucks that come down your driveway and deliver things. And they said, um, this this was the question that they asked me. They said, Ken, should we build big trucks, medium sized trucks, or small trucks? And I said, yes. And they said, which one? I said, all. And they and they said, why? I said, because we're not going to have enough trucks. We're not going to have enough trucks to over the over the road to handle the the amount of stuff that's going to be shipped, and we don't we're not going to have enough trucks to deliver everything that's going to be bought because retail is, is changing. Walmart's going to go away. Um, it, retail stores are changing. Customers are not going to retail. Retail is coming to uh, the customers. Major major shifts and changes, and once you understand. The, where the populations are and, and, and what they're going to do. What will happen is uh, once baby boomers become empty nesters, then they're attracted to cities. Once the uh, you have young married generation Y, there's 86 million people between the age of 13 and 32, they're going to be attracted to cities. But I believe that once the generation Y, just like the boomers, because the boomers were attracted to cities too, but as soon as they had two kids, they didn't want to live there anymore because they couldn't afford to put them in uh, uh, public school and, and or private school, so they move to the suburbs. And I think that's what's going to happen. But think building, building, building. We're, we can't build apartment buildings fast enough, and we're not going to be able to build houses fast enough. Well, you said earlier in the show that we're 25 million housing units short. If you take 330 million people in the United States, uh, and that's a number that includes the illegals, and we count illegals because that's what we do. The two largest parts of our population, 80 million baby boomers and 86 million of their kids, uh, uh, from a macro standpoint, are still living together. The, uh, but that's all changing. And the kids 
are getting married, getting married late, two or three year, uh, years later than normal, than, than their parents did, and they're moving out. Unless they're going to sleep on the ground in, in the sleeping bags, uh, <laughs> we need to build. Hmm. So when you, say, when you say housing units, do you mean combination of single-family homes and apartments or just single-family homes? No, everything. Everything. Condos, single-family homes, trailers, whatever, whatever. It, whatever, whatever it takes. Okay. Did you want to ask a question, Don? Uh, uh, Ken, I want to jump in. Um, uh, I talked with someone today was that was at the B and G uh, annual meeting. Uh, you know, B and G bought Green Giant uh, from General Mills, and uh, he all he could talk about at lunchtime how he couldn't understand. Um, the changes going on in the grocery uh, world. And uh, I, I feel that there's got to be uh, part of the reason has got to be a, a generational or a, a generational shift uh, where grocery stores and uh, department stores are all uh, seemingly emptying out or becoming unprofitable. Oh, what, uh, what do you want to say about that demographically? About food? Uh, uh, a uh, you can't, shopping malls are dying in some places. Oh yeah, department well, stores are dying. Mall. Yeah, uh, department stores. That that's a they're on the wrong side of history. It's simple. The, the uh, uh, kids are buying online, and and they're buying things online that you would never dream that they would buy online. They're buying mattresses online. We used to have to go to a store and lay down on a mattress and fall in love with it before we bought it. They'll buy it online, have it shipped to the house. If they don't like it, then they'll have to tell them to come get it, and they'll try another one. No, retail is changing. We're not going to go – there will be some vestiges of stores, but it's not the way it's trending. And so you're going to see the May companies and, and like I said, the uh, uh, Walmart. Walmart's a baby boomer business, and, and they, their business model does not uh, attract um, – Customers based on a, a, a selection of assortment. They, they they only have a very few items, but they have a, have them at the cheapest price. Baby boomers are now have moved out of their prime consumption ages. They've, they've crested fifty. Bureau of Labor Statistics says when you hit fifty, you stop consuming, like you did when you were younger. And the generation right behind them uh, can't sustain Walmart. So, but you're going to see monster differences in the way we buy stuff. Now, food, on the other hand. Just got through speaking to frozen food, and they said, "What's our future?" And I said, "It's very, very bright." I said, "Who who consumes the most frozen food?" And they said, "Older people, and young marrieds." And I said, "Bingo!" Because what do you have? You have a tsunami of young marrieds in Generation Y, and you have a tsunami of older people that are that don't are not going to want to throw out food. They're going to want small portions. They're going to want frozen food with the baby boomers. So I said, "Gear up." So, Ken, what do you what do you you said earlier in the program? You're looking for uh, my word, significant prosperity for yeah. a period of time in the United States. Um, is it population growth is going to drive it? Population shift? What's going to give us? And and how robust do you think the economy can be? I don't think we know. I I, I think it's going to I think it's going to stagger us. What there there are there are no there are no negative uh, signs. The we have nine trillion in savings, nine trillion in savings accounts in banks now, nine trillion. Uh, baby boomers have woken up to their their living above their means. Their their kids are entering the labor force. We're going to have a a, a a building boom. We have people moving. The best and the brightest people from all over the world are moving here. Do you know that the principal uh, immigrant in Connecticut, where I live, is Indian, Asian Indian? They come in, they assimilate overnight. They're 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 wonderful immigrants. You know, the the, the, the if we had a scary thing in our demography, only one, it would be how quickly can we raise the socioeconomic status of Latinos that came in and filled in exactly where we needed them in our diminutive population between the ages of 53, uh, 33 and 52. 
because we need them to be taxpayers in about 15 years if we're going to save Social Security and have enough money to run the country. But I think we're going to be fine. So how, have- can how important has immigration been to the country? We're a nation of immigrants, period. I know that. Most, most of us are German. About 70 million people are German descent. About 60 million people are Latino and about 40 million are Irish. And then the rest of it falls off precipitously. We are a nation of immigrants. Now, does that mean that all immigrants, even ones that want to kill us, are good? No. But so far, we've done very well. But what I, I guess the question I'm asking, Ken, is that, that uh, on our show, you were talking about the impact of immigrants coming in and that above 15 years of age, where the resources weren't expended to, to raise them, feed them, and, and educate them. They came in pretty much grown up. Uh, how is, is immigration keeping us from being another Europe, or are, are our birth rates besides immigration still pretty good? Our birth rate has fallen off just a hair. We're just a little below two right now. And I think that's, that's a safe zone because of our immigration. We still have a million people a year coming here from around the world. We're producing about 4 million babies. Uh, the, the balance that we've had so far has worked out fine. It really has. And, and, I, and I think we've got um, a healthy crop of immig- immigrants now. Um, you know, you th- think back about the Irish. Remember the Irish? I mean, you guys, some of you guys may even have some Irish descent. I don't know. I, I do. Think. I do. Well, when the Irish, 120 years ago, uh, Irish weren't allowed to use white-only bathrooms because they were not considered white. And Irish would actually go on the block with the African-Americans, and they wouldn't bring as much money because they were smaller. You know, they were, they, it was thought that they wouldn't work as hard. Uh, what, did the Irish turn out okay? <laughs> I mean, I like the Irish. What's, what's my point? My point is we still have folks coming in. We have folks coming in from um, Eastern European countries. We have folks coming in from, you know, around the world. And, and that will continue. The big immigrant right now are Asian, uh, Chinese Asians. And the reason for that is <laughs> Xi Jinping is uh, he discovered that he had inherited a very, very corrupt uh, 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 country. And he's trying to take back some of the wealth that he thinks people don't, don't deserve. So anybody with money and half a brain is leaving China. You know what's going to happen to Australia? Australia will be Chinese. Yes, wow. they are worried about that. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Hey, you want to, here's the big one. Africa. Africa, uh, fertility is about six, but they die. Once Africa has health care, once Africa has technology, once Africa has education, and they're able to keep their population alive, the population of Africa by 2050, 2060 will go from what it is now, sub-Saharan Africa, about one billion to four billion. And uh, I tell folks there'll be lots and lots of opportunity in Africa, but I don't know that I would want to uh, start a business there. Uh, 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 can I ask you, Ken, if you were starting a, a business, a small business today, uh, do, do you have any favorite industries? Well, I, I yeah, I do. I, I would get into death care. I, I think that, uh, I got, I got a guy call me up from uh, Ireland, and he said, uh, Ken, he said, in Europe, you can't cremate people any longer, and you can't bury them in the ground because, you know, they, they become part of the groundwater. And, or, or you cremate them, then they poison the air. And he said the EPA in the United States is going to stop both of those processes here pretty soon, and I'm not sure when. But he said, I have a machine that freezes people to the point where they're so brittle that I can buffet them with air, and it turns them to powder – and you can grow a tree in the powder. And I said, uh, let's set up a prototype in Florida. And that's, he, he, I believe he has one there. Wow. So the, it's, a, yeah, an excellent, excellent. But you know, there's, there's untold opportunities. There's, there's just endless opportunities. When you, you, what you need to do is just take a look at where the big demands are going to be. 
the the generation Y is going to be setting up households, and they're going to buy everything from dish soap to carpeting to wallpaper to you name it. They're going to buy everything, and that's that's going to drive uh, the economy the same way. You know, the boomers started doing this in, in the in the 70s and 80s, and the stock market was 1,000 or below 1,000. So these people are going to, but they're going to buy their 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 draperies and their carpet and their furniture online. They're not going to go to a, a big box store and buy it. That's that's the way it's going. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to hit you with a loaded question, Ken. Uh, oh, come uh, on. be nice. Uh, be nice. <laughs> <I> promise. <laughs> But um, if if you listen to the Democratic Party talk about um, this country, it's all negative. You have to, l- yeah. to listen to you. And one of the reasons we, we uh, Dan and I both recommend you come on the program is uh, you're a breath of fresh air in this world. Um, don't they see this uh, wave uh, as... Um, people we talk to, people I talked to in North Carolina and Virginia over the weekend, I mean, there was optimism all over this country, yet um, we, I'll stop and just say, um, what do you say when they talk about all this negativism? By Bernie Sanders. What was Bernie Sanders' big pitch? There's no middle class, right? The middle class is gone. The United States is in shambles. We only have rich people and poor people. Well, if I could sit down with Bernie Sanders and I would tell him that it's a demographic issue. It is not an economic issue. The middle class and middle age occupy exactly the same space, 30 to 50. I said, Mr. Sanders, do you realize but the population that currently occupies the demographics of 30 to 50 had a reduced fertility and they're missing 10 million people, which means that middle age is down about 11% just based on they weren't born. I said, how much is middle class down? 10%. Ah, do you think maybe just maybe one has something to do with the other? The fact that there's no middle class is because we don't have a middle age, and middle age is filled with a diminutive indigenous population and Latinos. And Latinos did not come in high net worth. They came in low net worth and are on the bottom run, according to Pew Research. I said, will they stay there? No. So this is temporary, Mr. Sanders. Relax. We live in the best country on earth. (laughs) So what what you're saying, Ken, is that the Democrats... And I'm not saying that the Republicans are either, but the Democrats are not. Whoever's advising the Democrats is not giving them the reality of what's going on, not only in the world, but in the United States. Correct. Well, most people, you know, I just, it, it, and I, 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 I can't tell you that the Republicans are all smart. You guys know that. It, it's a uh, when uh, and it's a story I tell in my book. I grew up in a family of four. And my, my older brother, Chuck, was 11 years older than me. He was big. He was a bully. And he ate like a pig. And then there were the twins right after him. And then nine years later, there was me. When my mother would put a pie on the table, uh, there would be a fight. And, and I, I still have a, a scar from a fork being stabbed into my hand and, and, uh, uh, from the fight. Because I always got the smallest piece. Uh, once Chuck went in the Navy... The twins and I figured out that we just cut the pie in thirds, and we had more pie than we could eat. My mother's reaction to that was, you don't like my pie anymore. And she was hurt that we didn't fight anymore because, you know, that was – she liked that. There, you Think about your mom. Think about your mom cooking for the family that left. Think about all the moms that are cooking for the family that left. Why? Because we don't understand demographics at the most basic levels, and no one does. And every time I, I do this presentation, there are literally people that come up to me and say, I never thought about it like that before. That's why we have a small middle class. 
That's why motorcycles didn't sell. That's why SUVs are no longer popular. You know, they tell me these things, and he said, that explains it. Why doesn't everybody know this? And I, I, I tell you, I say, listen, if you, if you could tell me that, my life would be complete. <laughs> so we're almost out of time. Ken, let me ask you one more question. Um, okay. Uh, are you still in the business of taking clients, or are you simply writing and speaking? Right. Well, listen, we, we do um, custom research. I've got, I've got a couple of guys in Nova Scotia that are geniuses. One of them uh, did the research for this book, and his name is uh, Milton Moy. And uh, so, yes, I, we take clients. So how do, we get a, how do our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, at kgcdirect.com. Very, listen, all they have to do is if they put Ken – demographer into google uh i come up everywhere <laughs> i I'm, I'm very easy to find very easy as 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 my good friend frank Cotola would say the web is lousy with you my friend <laughs> <laughs> it is it's lousy with you. You know, thank god it's, uh, jiggy were we right about this guest oh he is fantastic iq what 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 what, what do you what do you make of uh, of ken today he doesn't like me <laughs> I like you. Everything you said Thank was you, positive. Man. Everything you said was positive. Of course, I like you. I hate people who are negative. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let's go around the horn here. Let's start with uh, with IQ. IQ, how do we get a hold of you online and pick up your books and all that? I'm like Ken. Very short. Just Google my name, El Rasuli, A L R A S S O O L I. Everything falls in place. Back to you, Don. How, how do we get a hold of you, my friend? DonMazzella.com. Uh, our book, uh, Recalculating. Dot uh, Biz. Uh, the book's there. The radio uh, uh, show is there. Uh, everything you want to know. Uh, 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 2SB Digest is our uh, Twitter handle. And uh, uh, I'm just so glad we got a chance to uh, hear Ken again. Uh, I, I really learned a lot, and I hope our audience did as well. Yeah, listen, guys, I'm flattered. And, uh, and, and Dan, give us an update on the, uh, on the nonprofit and everything else. Well, I'm heading north uh, in about three weeks, and I think I'm going to take the uh, audio with me and listen to the book again um, uh, because it's, uh, I, I encourage people who are, if, even if you're not in the business, if you're just interested about what's going on in the world and in your country, it's a great read just to understand the dynamics that are going on. Uh, Foundation is doing well. Um, we, we are about... Um, about to be inundated. Um, we are in discussions with the Department of New Jersey American Legion, which has 300 facilities that they're talking to us about songs and stories for soldiers. So that could be um, a major drain on resources, but an opportunity to serve a little over a million soldiers in the Department of the New Jersey retirees. Um, God bless you. And uh, um, the memory book, Jim, is we just finished the final edit yesterday. It's going to the publisher in the next week or so, and I'm hopeful that it'll be out by sometime in June. And uh, we're very excited about that. It's a great book. We had a, a woman from uh, Canada who was a, an Alzheimer's nurse, nurse who read the book, and she absolutely loves it. Um, and she hasn't even seen the illustrations. So things are doing well. And uh, Ken, it was a pleasure to have you on the show again. I, uh, I enjoyed our first and our second visit equally well. And uh, thank and, you. And Ken, how do we get a hold of you online, pick up your book, everything else? It's very simple. It's kgcdirect.com. And you can email me from there. You can buy the book there. You can watch videos there. KGCdirect.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, Ken, I appreciate you making time for us today. And uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, uh, IQ uh, Al Rizzoli, thank you, my friend. Thank you for being with us. And Dan and Don, thank as you always. All. Thank you. God bless you.
And uh, we will talk to everybody uh, next week. Have yourself a happy Memorial Day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you much. That, of course, Ken, I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I will butcher it. Uh, (laughs) That is that. Thanks for listening here on our big program. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.